Because when you get underneath all that noise of who you think you are, that's where you find out who you truly are. That's where you find the power that is limitless. That is where you find the strength. That is where you find the ability to clip off faster miles than the last 10K of marathon and an Ironman. It's all there. It's underneath. And to let you know how deep underneath it is, it's closer to you than the breath. And so when you're out there, leave the headphones at home and go out there with yourself and watch your thoughts and look at your belief systems. And if you want to be riding a $10,000 bike with, you know, whatever DI shifters and do it. It's not any better than anything else. It just is. And it's available. And if you can afford it, do it. And if it aligns with you, do it. But don't lose the journey because of that. Hey, Yogi Triathlete community. It's Justin Beach, and we are here with December 2017 Ask the YTs. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 85 of the YTP. And I keep thinking, we're close to 100, but 100 is like another 14 weeks away. So bear with us. We will get there, and I wonder who that guest is going to be. But today, my guest is my co-founder of Yogi Triathlete Holistic Performance, and he is our head coach, BJ. Hey, Beach. Hey, guys. What's going on? Are we inconveniencing you? No, I'm fired here? up to be here. Okay, this is cool. awesome. I know. We get fired up. Although Friday, we're, we're, fr- Friday podcast, I think, is like the mojo for us, except we're missing our cacao. Cacao. I know. We're out. I bought another kind of cacao, which I'm liking, BJ's not liking, and um, so we're going to have to go back to the cacao queen and get our cacao. <laughs> I, d- <laughs> I did try it. I did try it. I don't like it. I like the Cacao Queens. That stuff is the jam. It's my jam. So get yourself some block or beans or whatever for me. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes to One World Cacao, which is our girl Nola. She is the Cacao Queen. She was also a guest on the podcast. All right. So just we're going to drill right into today because we've got probably less than an hour. So let's see how good we do on this. But we've got listener questions. And I first want to dive in with a huge thank you to everybody who has purchased the cookbook. We got a big blast of sales this week. And as promised, we delivered right in time for the holidays. It was a little dicey, but as Eckhart Tolle says, it is never a moment too soon or a moment too late. It always arrives right on time. And so that experience of writing, creating, designing, photographing, and self-publishing a book was such a massive quest in trust, in trust of divine timing and that divine schedule maker that we often forget is the one that is truly in charge. So it's really exciting. People are posting pictures of it and- How does that feel? How does it feel? Well, you know, it's funny because- The first wave, like people were buying it and they were saying, I just bought mine and they're sending us their receipts and stuff from Amazon and people are fired up. And I had this like brief moment of like, oh my God, like, oh, so vulnerable. Here I go out into the world. But then I was like, nah, like that lasted like two seconds. I'm like, hey, listen, if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. And our intention and certainly my intention 
is that the love that went into this book will pour out into your kitchen. And so if that's not good enough, I don't know what is. <laughs> and then the second wave came when just like yesterday and the day before when people were actually getting their books and I was like, okay, now they're in people's <laughs> homes and we now we're getting posts of like, I'm making the roasted vegetable pasta with the hemp seed pesto tonight. And But it's all exciting because it really was a product of love. It was something that um, I had been wanting to do for a long time. I have a whole other extensive cookbook ready to uh, dive into recipes that I've been creating and recording for a very long time. And so it just depends on if that's the next book or if another book that I've been writing for a little bit is the next book. But I can tell you right now that that's not the last book that my name is going to be on. And it's, it's really exciting. It's, it's something that I always knew that I would do. And now it's done. And it's getting over that hump of like not knowing where to start and just starting. Not knowing where to start and just starting. And if you didn't listen to our conversation, my conversation with Angela Hubs last week, it's, it's all about that. Like start deliberately creating the life that you dream of today, right now, not January 1st, not January 1st. No, but that's when, that's when the resolution starts, January 1st. That's when I'm doing everything. I'm changing my life. Yeah, that's, it's unsustainable. <laughs> start right now. Yeah, that's not happening. So really exciting. How does it feel to you, BJ? Because you designed it, you took all the photographs and how does it feel to you to have it well, as usual in our relationship, it takes me longer that to is process. A, that's your that's story. my story. So I'm going to change that right now. I definitely feel things way before Jess ever does in my life. I love you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I think I had the same reaction. No, I know I had the same reaction. It hit me one night. I was just thinking of the cookbook in the hands of my, my uh, former boss who I was working... With, in marketing with, like marketing, like she was the chief marketing officer for a company and she's getting the book and she's gonna see like the photography and the type size and the formatting because when I was building websites- This is all the dork behind the scenes stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> totally, okay, I'm dorking I'm out right now. I love that though. And I know we have got a bunch of dorks that listen. So they're, they're like, no, I totally get it. Just, yeah. just be quiet, I totally get it. But it was always, she always challenged me to, to go to the, escalate to the next level. And it was like, go deeper, go deeper. And we did this, I did the cookbook. I'm not going to bring Jess into this. I did the cookbook twice and maybe three times just because of formatting. And yeah, it was, it, it, it took me a little bit by surprise thinking people are going to see this book and they're going to look at the photography and be like, oh, well. I mean, I could have definitely done a better shot than that with this kind of prop and this lighting. And I just, again, just same as you, it just quickly came and quickly went and I didn't feed into it. But it was there, you know, it, it, it made itself known. Well, and it's funny because as a web designer and social media guy and all of that, you've, for the last whenever the internet was was created. I like, created it in 1995. <laughs> seriously, no, seriously, I think you actually did. Because you were like on it right away. This is before BJ I and I. I was on it, yeah. This is before we were dating. And like all of a sudden you had our whole company online. We used to work together. And um, so, but you've always been in the realm of 
if it doesn't work, I can change it. If it's wrong, I can change it. And this baby is out there and people are buying it. They're spending their hard earned money on it, which is such to me a reflection of the love that you guys feel for us. And that is a reflection of the love that we feel for you. And so much so, there's so much so out there that we just got word that there was a throwdown at a Yankee swap over the cookbook today. And I am so excited about that. There was somebody who wouldn't give it up. And I I think that's First like off, against the rules. Like you're supposed to give it up and they didn't. And they didn't want to give it up. So it somebody, was almost a throwdown. Somebody there was a bought throwdown. It. Somebody bought it. So somebody bought it and put it into a gift swap and then they fought over it. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. How cool is that? Warriors. Warriors, yeah. It was a warrior battle. It didn't get violent, but it was a warrior battle for a material item that was created for the good of all. And that warms my heart. So if you witness any throwdowns, if you have any throwdowns, let us know. We want to hear about them. That's awesome. Okay. So you can get the cookbook on Amazon. Search for Yogi Triathlete Cookbook or just go to our website where you can order a signed copy. We're going to have those signed copies ready to ship probably the end of January. We've got to get them from Amazon or you can get, you can probably even, well, we're launching this on Christmas, so you can't get it in time for Christmas, but you can get it in time for New Year's to make your romantic dinner. And the other thing that is available for sale right now is we've got a new round of shirts. We've got tanks. We've got tanks for the ladies. We've got muscle tanks, which are way cool. And we've got T-shirts for the dudes uh, or the ladies if you want a T-shirt. And then I've got a long sleeve, off-the-shoulder, flash dancey situation. So you're going to have to ch- go there and check them out. To, to um, We've added one new little slogan to the T-shirts, and we won't reveal that. You'll have to go to the website and check it out. But I love it. I think it's awesome. I do too. Yeah. So those are available for sale as well. And we can ship that along with your cookbooks. Okay, so let's just get in a little bit more housekeeping. We are doing a giveaway, you guys, in December. So everybody who leaves a review on iTunes, Apple Podcast, I think is the official name of it now, will be entered to win a two times you transition bag. Compliments of two times you and our friend and uh, ambassador leader, Marianne Likas, who we did a insane two-parter, two-week podcast uh, situation with her. It was it was amazing. So get in the running for that. For that, leave your review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, Mark. I saw yours on there, man. It's awesome. And I love all your Instagram stories of you guys on road trips listening to the pod. It's just, <laughs> I mean, it's so cool. And it's very similar to like the cookbook in people's homes. It's like I'm hearing my voice coming through people's cars and it's it's really really cool so all right beach i want to give everybody a team update what's happening with the yogi triathlete team you've got a mouthful right now of this amazing sandwich i just oh, made it's so you. good so go to instagram stories and you'll see the sandwich yeah the sandwich is uh some ezekiel bread with a little black bean hummus a little bit of mustard some red cabbage or purple cabbage sweet potato and kale so good sounds so good okay. and since we don't have the cacao we're both drinking tea with turmeric. So it's just hot water with turmeric, cayenne pepper, and some actual ginger, like actually shave the ginger and put it in there. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, we're recovery machines. Okay, what's happening with so, Yogi Triathlete Athlete Yogi Triathlete team. team. So we did launch a Facebook page, team page. So all you team members are invited in there. And if you're not, 
a team member, become a team member, come up and sign up with us. We do triathlon coaching, run coaching, mindfulness, and uh, meditation. And plant-based nutrition. Plant-based nutrition, yes. We have plant-based, I'm sure we'll get into that. But let's talk about the team. So uh, we're sort of in the off-season. People think this is the off-season. But But there's no off-season for a mindful life. You're awake and ready all the time. There's no time off. Every day, every moment. Yeah. And so we have people doing different things. You know, some people are nursing some injuries. Some are building some strengths. Others are just transitioning back from some time off already. And and what we like to do is just have, uh, we tailor it to the individual. So for example, one athlete came off a, a marathon season and did some 5Ks and that was her off season. It was just to, to run, you know, get some speed under her legs and have some fun, uh, go short, going shorter, have more time in your life, have more time to see your kids' games and spend time with the family and the dogs. Um, but then it's it's time to ramp up. And we have three athletes doing the Mendocino 50K. So they are getting into their strength and building up their endurance at this point. And then it's pretty quiet on the triathlon front. There's no races actually happening in the next two or three months. I think the first race will be uh, Deep Thee and myself at Oceanside in april yeah let us know out there anybody racing oceanside 70.3 clark and i will be there supporting and cheering everyone on and we've already been asked by iron man to actually teach yoga yes so when yogi triathlete started nobody i knew was doing yoga and that's why yogi triathlete began and now it's just shifted so much and any smart athlete knows that if you're not doing yoga you're missing a massive discipline that's going to help you in your body and in your mind, which when it comes to race day, it's all the mind. So you can fool yourself and you can think it's the body, but it's not. That's kind of a joke. It's all in the mind. Okay. Get so off my on, that, box. on that yoga front, I'm glad you said that because I'm actually having athletes. Our athletes are asking for more yoga. Ugh. Right. Can I go three times a week? Absolutely. You can go three times a week. Three times a week is the sweet spot. Sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, two times, great, especially when season gets busy, you know, you might need to come down a little bit. But what I found is when you start to, you start to go to yoga, your body starts to get into that, it transit, they transition, your body starts to transition smoothly into what needs to happen for the next day and the next training cycle. So everything comes together. So when you get to that, that three times a week, that's a real sweet, sweet, sweet spot. When you start to back off, you're going to feel it. I can tell you, you're going to feel it. And usually you back off when the training volume gets higher. So that's all the more reason to continue your yoga practice. Now, now that's not to say you have to go to the studio three times a week and practice for three hours. You can do something every day. We have flows on our YouTube channel, 15 Um, minutes, right? Yeah, And we have flows for, we'll be building out that more, but for our Patreon members that are $10 or more every month, we'll be getting strength and more yoga videos. There's one up there now. And then also on our team page, we're going to be giving those guys some... Uh, videos as well. So those are two ways to get some added benefit of being in the tribe a little bit tighter. Yeah. So lots of yoga. That's what's happening this off season. You want an update? Lots of yoga. Oh my God. It's like we're brainwashing. And mindfulness. How about your mindfulness challenge? Yeah. So we're, we're okay. So when this launches, we'll be one week into the second M21 block. What is the M21? It's mindful living for this crazy ass modern world that we live in. So it's a meditation challenge. So we challenge everybody in the group to meditate every single day without fail. 
and it's myself and Golden Duffy who is on the podcast and we're such a great team. Number one, Golden is just such a wealth of information. She's uh, studied quantum physics at length and so she has so much knowledge there. She's been meditating for 20 years and she's got this mom love that is like, she can be like, she can be like, give out the tough love, but it doesn't feel like the tough love that I give out. Like the one, like, I'm sure nobody's asked her to ever soften up or be nicer. And that's definitely been asked of me many times in my life. I try. I try and move all the time from my heart. And some people really respond to that. You know, I'm the daughter of a Marine. I've never given birth in this life to a child. And so... Golden, like she dishes it out, but she dishes it out with this softness that's so, so powerful. And I dish it out in a power that might just feel a different way to people. And so the two of us together, I think, really hit all the angles of the receptivity of the people in the group. But this is a group of total badasses. We've got military in there. We've got triathletes in there we've got grandmas in there we've got like there's this one woman who all of a sudden like now she's running she's so awesome she just like got off the couch one day and was like I'm done just being lazy and sitting around and she now she's running and it's really cool so $21 for 21 days and the whole premise behind it was you know, 21 days to, to create a habit. And then what happened was the first group was so ridiculously profound. We were like, we cannot walk away. So we started a second group on Facebook. And some, I would say, you know, a bunch of the people from the first group came over to the second and we welcomed in new people. And after doing research and things like that, it's 21 days to create a habit, 66 days on average to create an automatic behavior. So we want to take every single one of these people to 66 days so that mindfulness is their way of life. And to get back to why we call it mindful, it's called mindful, the mindful life or mindful living. And it's because it's not just meditation. Like we have such a great, we have such a great skill as people to compartmentalize. And so like we sit on our meditation pillow and then we get up and we walk into our day and next thing you know, we're flipping somebody off in traffic. And so what this group is all about, it's like sit in meditation every single day without fail because we want to change. We want to widen out the neural pathways in your brain to meditation, to this practice, to this discipline. But we also will help you take it off the, the cushion and take it through your entire day. And the way that people have opened up in this group is unbelievable. Like they'll come in and be like, I'm so frustrated. This is not working. This is not what I expected. And we'll just kind of go in there and be like, it is working. This is, <laughs> it might not be what you expected, but all of this stuff that's coming up is, is a result of the practice. This is what's been brewing under the surface. And I totally get that because I would say my first year of meditation was, a bar brawl. It was really, really tough. And so you're saying that people, so people sit down for meditation for 10 minutes and they judge the meditation or they, they do the meditation and it's great. I had a great meditation. And then they don't carry that throughout the rest of their yeah, day. Right? Some, so basically, so there's like, there's the people who are just like, they just get it. And they're like, all of a sudden they're just in it. Like they don't need 66 days to create non-automatic behavior. Like they're just in it. Then there's the people who are like, that, this is bliss and this is calm and all of that. And that wasn't my experience when I sat for meditation. It was a nightmare because I had so much yeah. anger and frustration and sadness and all of that stuff in me that needed to be healed. And then there's people like me who are like, 
are you serious? Like I thought meditation was supposed to be calming and it's, it's a nightmare. And so it's so cool because I think Golden had more of like a, a blissful experience when she walked into it. I had more of a, like a, um, driving my car hundred miles an hour into a brick wall kind of experience. And so the two of us together are able to really help these people and guide them in, but we're not in there petting the ego. We're not saying, Oh, I know it's a struggle and blah, blah, blah. It's like, look at the struggle, look at it. If you believe it's a struggle, it's going to continue to be a struggle. And so we're getting them to go underneath and see their belief systems. And the willingness has just been floor. Like it's just, it's so flooring what we've seen in this group. So it's not too late, even though we're a weekend by the time this launches, it's not too late. You can, I'll put a link in the show notes. You can join us and you, uh, I can pretty much promise you we're going to be going another block because we want to get everybody to 66 days. So we'll keep doing and as long as people want to do it, we will keep facilitating. You should do it every day of the year. Yeah. Just don't stop at 66 days. No, of course. Like for the rest of your life. Right. And now we're finding, you're finding, this is crazy. So we meditate in the morning. I'm finally up to 45 minutes with Jess. So I've finally caught up to Jess and now she, she wants to go an hour because just when he gets to 45 minutes, she's just getting into it. So, yeah. <laughs> so this is the perfect thing. Like I, I have my blocks of like, okay, I can only do 45 minutes. This is all I have. These are my walls. But is that true? Like, is that a true story? No, I can sit there with you for 15 more minutes. Absolutely. It's just, do I want to? So that's something I need to work on. You can go, I bet you can go 90 minutes every day if you, if you. So I've been doing 90. Yeah. So one of the, one of the things that we shared in the last group was how, the M21 has changed Golden and I. And for her, it was, she realized that there was a line she was drawing between her medication, meditation, her medication cushion, which is really what it is, meditation cushion to the rest of her life, that she was kind of meditator Golden. And then she was like, she would fall into just being like human Golden, which is still a pretty high level human, if you ask me. And then for me, it was realizing that 45 minutes was not enough. Like, I don't know what happened to me. It was a realization, but it wasn't like something that I had been denying. Like all of a sudden I was just ready to go an hour. And so I really love that. I love going an hour. And today I went 90 minutes. So I'll be going 90 minutes once a week and an hour as much as I can every day. And then 45 minutes if we can't do an hour. Which which is a little tricky, just so you guys know we're in a... We're in one room. We one live in room. one room. <laughs> a studio that is open everywhere. If I wanted some privacy, I need to go in the bathroom and shut the door or go out into the patio, which is a nice little cube. Which you have done for those early morning ITU races. You've like camped yeah. out in the, on the bathroom floor with your To watch your the races that start in Spain or New Zealand, wherever it is. At like three in the morning, yeah. but you love that. I love but it. But now you just have to do it in the bathroom. So space is, so the point is space is tight here and it's either you join in or you do take something a, else. Take a nap after your 45 minutes. Or go swimming or yeah. something. Yeah, so it's always an option. No, because you can't move. That's the thing. Like, but I can meditate. Oh yeah, I can. But if you're gonna, if I'm going 15 minutes longer, I have to sneak I out can't. quietly. No, no, no. Okay, no. I don't want out you to quietly. move at all. <laughs> I want quiet. <laughs> you can come to the pool with me. Okay, right. moving on. So I think we should jump into listener questions. We're gonna work out this whole hour, 45 minutes thing. You guys know he's gonna be going an hour. We have out. to work it out because of this tiny studio. It's right. not like I can avoid you. <laughs> no, you can't. I'm not putting up any walls. No, you can't. <laughs> no, we might stack some cereal boxes up on the breakfast bar when we're working though. Okay, moving into listener questions. Go. All right, Lou. 
wants to know, why are my calves going to hell? <laughs> why are my calves going to hell? So I'm assuming Lou is a runner or cyclist or athlete, and he's getting some sensation, not pain. We like to term it some sensation in the calves. So maybe they're tightening up, and I know Jess can speak to this um, with some anatomy behind it, like you've got that background. So if someone's calves are tight, you know, I know with me as an athlete, when I sense the calves are tensing up, it's, it has to do with a lot of things. It has to do with maybe tight hamstrings and maybe an increase in volume or running hills up and down. Like there's, there's contributing factors. So there's things I would look at in my training that can go back and maybe give me a sign as to what's going on. Have I been foam rolling? You know, have I been working out yoga? We talked about that. Um, ways to keep your calves fluid. Like I feel like that's one area where things just get tight and you don't really realize it until it, it shows itself and it's, it's all seized up. And you can get ahead of these things. You can get ahead of most of these things. Um, rolling is absolutely the best thing. We've got trigger point grids. We trip over them in the house all the time, all trigger point gear. But we've got the grid vibe, which is the, the vibrating one which I think Liz actually tried to get, uh, one of our athletes tried to get, but they were out on the website. So definitely, definitely check it out. It, it vibrates at, a t at the specific tone. There's only one vibration level that comes with this. And once you turn it on, it goes for two, two and a half, three minutes, and then it shuts down. It just stops. And the sensation you feel after it is a release of all this tension. And you can start it right back up and maybe roll back and forth, or even, I know what I've been doing is I leave it in one spot and just let it work in one spot for a while. So Jess has actually been using it a lot now, and maybe you wanna comment on this. Yeah, so tight calves, if we're talking about running, usually when we have some chronic things that are going on below the knee, the first thing that comes to mind, because I was guilty of this, is just, are we using our big muscle groups to run? Are the glutes engaging? Are we, you know, using, are we finding the power through that, that kick back, that hip extension through the foot strike and that hip extension being strong, powered from the glutes is going to allow that knee drive forward from the hip flexors. And so the first thing I would ask is I would want to see a video of Lou running just to see what's going on. If you're running up on your, on your toes or the balls of your feet, that by the form of, of how you're holding your foot is gonna shorten the Achilles, it's gonna shorten the calf muscles, it's gonna shorten the gastrocs, it's gonna shorten all those calf muscles out, so that could be uh, a reason why they're tight. It's also going to, you're gonna be, when you're running that way, and I will run that way like in the last part of a race or like when you're really getting forward and you're like really putting it down. But if you're out there doing math pace and you're running up on your toes, it can lead to some issues with the lower legs. So I found in my own correction of the biomechanics, the way that I run is that landing right on that forefoot, like land, like you're flat down on the foot. You're not heel striking. You're not up on the toes, but you're making contact with the ground on a larger part of your foot and then using the glutes. And so how did I get my glutes to activate? Well, I started doing exercises to strengthen the glutes. So glute medius, glute minimus, 
glute maximus, all of those. And you can, I'm sure you can find a host of videos on YouTube about that. One-legged squats, yoga, 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 yoga will strengthen you from the inside out. It will help balance out your imbalances. It will open you where you're tight and short. It will strengthen you where you are overstretched and weak. So yoga, 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 especially if you are a runner, I mean, or triathlete or a human, yoga is so critical to moving the body in a way that is very healing. I also think the terrain that they're running on. So when I, when I find I haven't been running on a treadmill in a while and I go hit the treadmill for an hour or so, I definitely feel more sensation in my calves. So, so monitor the terrain you're running. If you're running a lot of road and you have been running trail or, you know, track, like you'll be able to, your calves are gonna feel this, the pounding differently. The different road surfaces give different reaction. And then the recovery, like BJ said, are you rolling? Are you doing self-care for your calves? There's a lot of different things that you can do to work into those deep calf muscles to release them. So the first thing I would, would want to look at is just the gait, how you're running. And then, you know, are you prone to lower leg opportunities, as I like to call them, because that could be a surefire sign that you're not running from those big muscle groups. And I learned this the hard way. And then recovery. Are you rolling? Are you self-massaging? Com- you know, compression. Now that I'm, we're, we're uh, hanging with two times you, I've been using a lot of compression lately, and it does feel so darn good. And uh, hopefully at some point we'll get someone from there on the podcast to really talk about it. But if I think about compression, I think about, you know, it's allowing all the blood flow to be more efficient. And that's what we want for healthy muscles is efficient blood flow. Another great therapy for athletes is lymphatic drainage and the lymphs the lymph system carries the larger waste and proteins that the bloodstream can't carry. It is a very, very gentle modality. And so if you do seek massage, I would ask if they do lymphatic drainage, and that could be a really nice way to clean up anything that's hanging around down there. So what do you think? I think covered it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. There was something else I was going to say, and I can't remember. So if it comes back, I'll... We'll mention that, Lou. I'll jump right in. Okay. Next All right, question. David. Wants to know why train when you can buy speed? David. Shortcuts. Does he not know that we are like (laughs) anti-hackers? No, we're not anti-anything because resistance is resistance. Never resist. You can't selectively resist. resist. I know. If you have a bumper sticker on your car, a t-shirt that says resist, please burn it. It's not helping you. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's not. That kind of energy is not helpful. Welcome all it's not helpful in the world. Okay. So, BJ? So why train? when you can buy speed. What do you think about that? I I like, so I like to train. So I think you need to figure out like, what is it that is motivating you? If you something that, if you like to train and you love the sport, my question would be, why do you want to fast track that? I want to spend every moment I can in the sport and activity that I love. Long swims, long bike rides, you know, put in the work. There's something about putting, and this is for me, I'm speaking from my experience, is there's something about putting in a hard day's work on the bike or the or the pool, whatever it is, that leaves me satisfied. And, and it's that process leading me towards the goal in, in a sport that I love that is 
what motivates me the most. And it's the journey, right? And people talk about the journey. You know, it's about the journey. It truly is for me about the journey. Like this is how I'm growing. This is how I become present. If I took a pill and was able to go six minute miles at an Ironman, I don't know if I would respect the results or the process as much as if I actually had to fight my way to get there. And so I know you're not talking about taking a pill. You're probably talking about... Does that pill exist? Mm, if like it does, to. let us know. <laughs> yeah, if it does, let us know. <laughs> but if you can buy speed, so I'm assuming wheels, aero helmet, faster gear, faster skin suit in the pool, the Nike sneakers that attempted the, the two-hour marathon, like all those things. That's great. Awesome. Innovation. It's very cool. But it's it's... It's just one more step in the sport. And if it's something that you truly love and you want to go that way, that's awesome. You know, I'm someone who just never wore an aero helmet. I think I wore it in one race. I just don't, I just don't prefer it. But I want to soak up this process in this sport. I love it so much. There's so many things that you can miss if you try and go too fast. Um, not literally, because I do want to run fast, bike fast, and swim fast and get to the finish line faster. But I want to do it on my own terms. I want to, I want to feel what it's like. And in, in this whole process, it's a discovery, self-discovery. I'm learning about myself. I'm going to school on myself. My 13-year triathlon career has been a, a big investigation as to what is, what is me, what is my motivators, what drives me, what, what makes me. And to, to shortcut that, I, for me, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, into it it's just not something i would i would choose to do but you do have a speed suit that you wear for non-wetsuit swims i do have a speed suit yeah and i used it so i guess it, and you've got race wheels i have race wheels but there's always another level like yeah what my point is like get to the level that you, that keeps you enjoying the sport i think what i hear you saying is like don't let the hacks replace the journey is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think if there's a goal of mine in life, one of my goals, it is to live in the world, but not of it. So to take advantage of all the things that are here, but not be attached to those things. So it's bringing up this story with Paramahansa Yogananda down at the meditation gardens in Encinitas when they were digging the pool. And Yogananda, if you don't know Yoga, Yogananda, a quick hack on that is that he essentially brought yoga to the West, went to New York, you know, did these talks there. People were really responding, went out to California. He was called out to California and was like, oh boy, that's it. Like, we got to stay out here. The mind is open out here. The energy is expansive out here. And so he set up shop in Encinitas where he wrote autobiography of a yogi at the Self-Realization Fellowship. He has another um, couple of temples and ashrams up in LA. So when he was living down in Encinitas, the people, his, his devotees or his devotees were digging a pool and the pool is still there and the pool was never filled, which is interesting. It's right in the middle of the meditation gardens. And so Yogananda would go out there and he would sit on the bench. And every time I'm there, I always picture him there. And they were digging like one shovel of dirt after the other. These guys, they're the, dev the devotees. And they were just like, oh my God, we're never going to get this pool done. Like we're never going to get this done. And they were like, they were like, guru, why can't we use that 
that machine over there to help us dig. Why do we have to dig with our shovels? And he says, well, go use it. Why wouldn't you use it? Why I watch you day after day suffering with these shovels and all you have to do is, you, well, they said, well, I didn't think you'd want us to use it. He said, well, do, don't, don't make assumptions about what I think. I'm sitting here just watching you suffer when the answer to your ease is right over there. So if you like automatic shifters and you like aero helmets and you like race wheels and you've got that kind of budget, go. But don't, I totally agree with BJ, don't let it replace the journey because there's so much within a three-mile run, a 20-mile run, a 100-mile bike, a 30-mile bike, a 5K swim, a 500-yard swim. There's so much there for you to get underneath and get in touch with who you are because this whole situation that you think you are, your name, your hair color, all that shit that says on your license – your role, your job, your name, I'm a triathlete, I'm a runner, all that stuff, it's not who you are. But man, how lucky are we as athletes that we get to do these disciplines, because that's what they are, they're disciplines. We get to do these disciplines and we have this opportunity and you and you know, as this yogi triathlete community grows, I just see more and more athletes, high-level athletes looking for this to get underneath because when you get underneath all that noise of who you think you are, that's where you find out who you truly are. That's where you find the power that is limitless. That is where you find the strength. That is where you find the ability to clip off faster miles in the last 10K of a marathon and an Ironman. It's all there. It's underneath. And to let you know how deep underneath it is, it's closer to you than the breath. And so when you're out there, leave the headphones at home and go out there with yourself and watch your thoughts and look at your belief systems. And if you want to be riding a $10,000 bike with, you know, whatever DI shifters and do it. It's not any better than anything else. It just is, and it's available. And if you can afford it, do it. And if it aligns with you, do it. But don't lose the journey because of that. Well said. Okay. All right. Awesome. I love that question, dude. Great question, dude. Bring it on. More questions. Next one. Matt, or actually Helen, his four-year-old daughter asks, why do I have to learn so much about triathlons? Love it. Four-year-old asking her triathlon dad why she has to learn so much about triathlons. Probably because her dad and mom are triathletes. And it, they made a commitment in their life to be active and healthy. And they're probably really enjoying how they feel and how life is. And so they want to learn more about it. And so obviously the kids are going to do whatever the parents do because that's what's happening in front of them. And so learning about the sport is basically learning about mom and dad. What Helen doesn't realize at this point is that Helen chose them, right? Like the moment of conception was a perfect energy match. And Helen came into this DNA, this lineage of endurance sports. 
And so she might be already feeling a purpose in her life and questioning why she has to follow that purpose. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But she is the ex- in the exact right family for her. And I love that Lauren and Matt, Matt's wife, Lauren, are active parents. And I just applaud them for the example that they are leading in that family for their children. And they just... I've never met them personally, but they just, we've talked to Matt on the phone and had some exchanges with them and they just seem like such a beautiful family that's really finding the balance, you know, and I would assume like every other human, the balance isn't always pretty, but they're, they're finding it and they're leading with their hearts. They're showing Helen that this is what they love to do. And so whether or not it ends up being what she loves to do or not, she's exactly where she's supposed to be with the parents that she is supposed to have. And I love that she's curious and she's got inquiry because that is the essence of yoga is to always stay in inquiry. And, um, she doesn't have to do anything, but it's in her awareness for a reason. We should give a shout out to Helen. If you're listening, Helen. What up, Helen? Hi, Helen. What up, girl? Keep asking questions. Your yeah. parents love to answer them. <laughs> what she doesn't know is she's going to be she's like going to be a future ITU pro, probably going to be on the podcast. Get in the pool. Swim lots yeah. with your dad on Sunday. You know, enough talking, Helen. Get in the pool and get the yeah. work done. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Hope you had a good Christmas, Helen. All right, next question. Oh, Helen, so cute. (laughs) Liz wants to know, fueling for the 50K, how does it work? And will there be stuff that goes uh, with you that goes to an aid station? So your own personal stuff. So this is the 50K that we're doing in Mendocino in April on Earth Day. And we have three athletes who are going up for that. So Jess, since you ran it last year. And I'm having such a memory issue right now because there's part of me that wants to say that we got a drop bag and I picked it up around mile 15, but I might be traumatized from Iron Man And I just kind of feel like that was, I, but I feel like we did get a drop bag, but, but regardless, let me speak to it based on my experience. You don't even need a drop bag, but I did carry a pack with me. I had an ultimate, ultimate direction pack. And I can say that other experienced ultra runners kind of might look at that and chuckle. Like you don't need a pack for a 50K. But I just had my hydration in it that I was very happy to have. And I had some, a little bit of nutrition in there because there's nutrition at the aid stations, but the aid stations, it's not like a marathon. Like these aid stations are every 10, 15 miles, you know, something that like between eight and like 10 miles or something is where the aid stations are. So depending on how fast you're going. And the one thing I learned about trail running real quick is that you do not, your speed on the road does not translate to your speed on the trail, at least for a newbie at all, because you're running and then you have a straight up portion. And, you know, for me at my level, I had a walk to just protect my heart rate a little bit. And then maybe you'll get like a little flat and then you have to like motivate your ass to start running again. And then you got to walk again and then you're running downhill. And then, you know, you got to watch out for roots and rocks and branches and all this stuff. And so it's a lot, there's a lot more going on. It really requires you to be awake and ready, which is cool. But I had a little bit of nutrition with me. I had maybe like a couple gels that would get me in between those age station parts. And then what I realized was that because I wasn't moving that fast, 
I was able to eat the food that they had at the aid stations and they had peanut butter and jellies and they were so good. And I bananas. Wanted, I remember bananas. Yeah, and bananas and they had, and it's all, ve- everything is vegan, which is so cool. Although you won't find that publicized because the race director doesn't want to make a huge deal of it, but everything on that course is vegan. They have water and they have electrolyte replacement at the aid stations. So, you know, fueling will be, I do my fueling on time, like, you know, every 45 minutes and then I would check in, okay, do I need it? And I would go off of that. So if you're working, does Liz is your athlete, does she work on like time for her? Yeah. So it's going to be the same kind of thing, Liz, but you're not, you're probably not going to be moving as fast as you would be. So you'll be able to digest, you'll be, your stomach will be able to digest whole foods basically. Yeah. 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 For the most part. The I mean, first 10 miles might be a nice cruise because we're doing it backwards and the first 10 miles is pretty flat. And then and then we're just going to be in the woods and then you're in the woods for like 20 miles and then you come out of the woods and you run along the headlands back. So it's going to be a lot of up and down. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say. I had Amrita bars with me and I used goo, which is vegan and I didn't, and I had cacao beans with me. And I used those cacao beans for the last 10 miles. And I had a couple of P&Js. I had a couple, like little quarters, like how your I, mom would do it. And actually, then some bananas. I actually ran out to meet you mm-hmm. and hit an aid station. And I, I had a little bit of peanut butter and jelly. So good. It, just, it was so freaking good. It was so good. good. I didn't need it. I wasn't nearly out there as long as you were, not even close, but it tasted so good. It's so good. I mean, I would never have a peanut butter and jelly at a marathon or an Ironman, but it's just a, it's a completely different sport. That's what I can tell you with total confidence. It's a completely different sport. So I would use similar fueling. If you, if you just use gels, I wouldn't do gels for a 32 mile race. Absolutely. No, no. So we like Amrita bars and then some whole foods. And then they have, um, crinkle cut kettle chips, sea salt. So good. My favorite. Don't have too much of those cause they're very oily. And then I use, I think I had maybe like two gels total because just when I needed a boost. And then, like I said, I used the cacao beans and, um, so you might want to start checking out those cacao beans. They're really, really awesome, Liz. And for sure, we will have some when we're up there as well. But I would say you want to start training with them to see. What do you? What is your recommendation? Yeah, I completely agree. I think Whole Foods are going to fuel you better in this type of race. The gels, just be careful of the gels. Like I, I would definitely yeah. take them with you. And use them in those moments where you need a kick. I use them sparingly. Yeah, yeah, use them sparingly. And even what I like to do is is take half a gel. Even start with just half a gel because you can always have the other half a mile later, like if you need more. So it's just playing with that. You also want to make sure you're taking in the you know six ounces of water along with the gel. But the whole foods is is definitely important. So I would bring I would bring something like an Amrita bar, which is a plant based bar that we use. I would say bring salt tablets. I would say um, bring bring some gels, but then the bananas and the peanut butter and jelly is going to be provided for you. And, and just keep it simple. Like, don't overthink it. Yeah, and I didn't, don't even, overthink it. I didn't even use 
salt or anything like that because it's mendocino and you're in the shade and it's just in case the sun you know for, pops I mean, out yeah but it was very well covered in there i don't remember being really hot ever at all so i didn't even use anything like that but i think i might have had it with me just i think i had it with me just in case so i hope that answers her question but just start practicing like you normally on your longer runs. Practice your nutrition. It's never too early to start practicing your nutrition. But when you're when you're out on the trails, really practice your race nutrition. And when you're on the road, it's going to be a different thing. It's you're just it's a totally different sport. Yeah. So keep in mind when you're training on the road, especially for this, you're getting in like you're getting fit. This is what you're building. You're building fitness. You need to get on the trails to get the footing and the experience. And, and we'll be working towards that. Um, with yeah. Our don't athletes. fret if you haven't been on the trails yet. I don't yeah. even think I started getting on the trails until like February. It's not a oh, but I will say keep the nutrition is super important because as these trails get a little slippery, you step on roots, the wet ground, you know, you definitely want to be aware. Like oh, you, chances are you're going to have, you're going to have a, a, a spill, spill or two. So, but, but <laughs> don't have it happen because you're low in calories. Yes. Make sure you're fueled up. Awake and ready. Awake and ready. Always. Yeah, no time off. All right. No time off for the mindful Next life. question. Final question. Gail, what are the benefits of a vegan diet and do you, and how do you recommend transitioning? The, the biggest... So... Thank you, Gail, for the question because this, you, it's, it's quite simple, but yet I think people need to know how easy it can be. So I can go into the whole, this whole big list of what I think are all the benefits, but here's, here's the benefit. It's an anti-inflammatory diet. It's an alkalizing diet in your body. Animal products elicit an inflammatory response in your body. Inflammation is the foundation of all illness and disease. So it's an, if you, if I was going to say one thing, it's the inflammation. Now, as an athlete, that's huge because we're creating so much inflammation as we train, as we race. And I know that you would attest to this too. Our recovery is so quick. So quick. So quick. I was toast yesterday after my run, went to yoga this morning, um, fueled up really good, all that good stuff. And now I feel great. Like where I'm going to go. I actually, you have me doing like a run walk to the studio later today. But I feel like I could, I could do more, you know, which is great. But that's what you want. You want to, want to leave it so that you have that feeling of doing more. So I don't want to have inflammation in my body and then start eating a bunch of stuff that's going to create more inflammation in my body. That is a recipe for disease, illness, and injury. So going back to the tight calves, you know, are what you, the diet how like? are you, yeah. I can't even believe we didn't touch upon that. How are you recovering your body after workouts nutritionally? You know, we can talk about the carb protein ratio, which I think there there's some logic to that, but it's eating a symphony. It's eating a colorful diet and stop breaking food down to carbs, proteins, fats, all this other crap. Like it's way more intelligent than you. Just eat the symphony. They eat. provide it for you. They provide you. <laughs> Here's an apple. Here's a banana. They, they, they package it perfectly for you. Don't break it apart. Just have the whole thing. Yeah. And I think what happens is people don't trust that this perfect symphony, that all of the nutrients that are in 
you know, a banana work together perfectly in your body. So the other benefit of a vegan diet is it's easy. This is easy. It is so simple to stir fry, to saute up a huge bale of spinach and roast up some wait, Brussels sprouts. Wait, wait, we made it, we even made it super easy, super, super easy by putting out a cookbook. Yeah, so I know. you can just get the cookbook, follow the meals there, <laughs> super simple. Yeah, I mean, this Not is a simple, overthinking it. I will go to the mat with anyone who says that eating vegan is difficult because it is not. It is not. If you live in a food desert, that could probably potentially be an obstacle. Mm -hmm. Yes, for all types of nutrition. But for the people who are listening to the show, chances are they're not living in a food desert. This is not a difficult way to eat. And I would say the biggest benefit is the inflammation and it tastes good and it makes you feel good and it's high vibration. And that's what I, it helps with my meditation to be eating a high vibrational diet because everything is energy. And if I'm eating low vibration, that's going to work against what I'm trying to achieve in meditation, which is to raise my vibration so freaking high that I can be like, all right, I'm done. And I get to pull my soul out of this body and move on. And eating plant-based and vegan too, it's not expensive. So it's peasant food. Basically, you could have beans, rice, and salsa in a tortilla every night if that's your jam. That's eating plant-based. That is such a simple meal. It's got everything you need and it's not that expensive. So the expensive, take that out of it. There's, there's a way. We can get into all the organic and conventional, but, but basically there's so many benefits. There's also the benefit of the planet the uh, greenhouse gas emissions, majority of them come from uh, animal agriculture, and it's it's wreaking havoc on our climate right now on this earth. And that alone is we're on a ticking timeline right now. Like things are moving fast. We need to come up with a solution because there's not enough land on this planet to raise cows to feed the the human world and this population that's ever expanding. So. We need to take action now for the, for the planet. Yeah, um, and it's also animal agriculture has been linked to the largest cause of deforestation, dead zones in the ocean, uh, species extinction. And so, you know, the, the planet is out of balance. And I will, I've been writing about this and talking about this, but I can assure you that the planet will survive. And if she needs to shake every single one of us off, she'll do that because she will survive far after we will. So if you care about the environment, don't worry about taking shorter showers. I just add more plants to your plate. You'll have a massive benefit to the planet. You'll have a massive benefit to the future of your health in you know, preventing disease and illness. You know, we all have cancer cells in our body at any given time. It's how those those cells are expressed. Are we going to feed them or are we not going to feed them? And they like fat and they like sugar. And I'm not talking about the sugar that comes from fruit. I'm talking about the processed foods, which is, you know, that can be vegan too. So watching the processed foods, but 
my entire life is is better and i think a huge reason is because of what i feed my body i feel so good all the time I feel so good all the time i think that's removal of the animal products yeah i mean just we could get into that get in a but bunch yeah of it. but just so you know gail a pound of beef one pound of beef in order to, to create one pound of beef it takes 1800 gallons of water yeah, that's the single most important thing you can do if you care about the environment is just cut down your consumption of animal products. Just cut it down. Just cut it down. Yeah, don't worry about the showers. The, show the showers, it's not, it's not going to add up quick. Just do this one thing and we'll save the planet. Yeah. And then as far as transitioning, transitioning is, is something that we've been, uh, is very close to us right now. We're, we're, we have, we're working with some clients on their plant-based journey, their transition right now. And it's, it's quite simple. It's, it's not, the simple process is don't remove anything. Just continue to add in good things and the other stuff will fall away. So yeah. now if the, if they, if they're game to start taking things off, that's awesome. Like let's get moving that way. But for the majority of people, let's start adding in things and crowd out the other stuff. People set themselves up for failure by putting hard lines on themselves and saying, as of Monday, I'm going to stop eating this, this, and this. So they're stopping their craving by will uh, for those days. And they're almost for sure going to set themselves up for, for failure. And they're going to come around and then, and then they skip one day and then now they're off of it or on the wagon, off the wagon, off the wagon. I don't know. But now they're off of it. You set yourself up for success and make small little changes here and there. Like start adding in a green smoothie in the morning. Start drinking a glass of water. Um, consider a salad without cheese once a week. Like just little things like that to be curious about the foods that you're putting in front of you. And food is fuel. Keep remembering that. Food is fuel. We are the ones who glorify it as this grand gesture of magnificent food in front of us and we have to like make it beautiful and like devour it and and eat lots of it when in actuality all we need to do is fuel our bodies so it can be active throughout the day i think what you're getting at is just like neutrality just like just be neutral like food is not your best friend it's not who you turn to if you're going through a big breakup like it's just neutrality it's fuel that doesn't mean that you disrespect it or you don't love it it's just you're doing it in this neutral loving compassion type of way, which is the yogi way to approach all things. It's just neutral, loving compassion. So is that it, babe? That's all we have. Awesome. Good. Yeah. We cranked it out. 58 minutes. Awesome. All right, you guys stay awake and ready. This life is no joke and there is no time off for the mindful life.